This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next, it's Liberty Now On Air, discussions from a libertarian perspective. Welcome to the next episode of Liberty Now, the show for discerning minds and common sense. We seek the truth and can think for ourselves. I'm your host, John Verd. Thank you very much for stopping by. I'll be here looking at the headlines, asking questions, and talking to people who are making a difference every Saturday at 10 p.m. Today, we're having a conversation, continuing the conversation, about fluoridation in Christchurch area and some new developments. And with me today, I have a guest. His name is Don Church. Hello, Don. Hello. Hey, it's a, a real pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I, I know we through, through our association with uh, Fluoride Free New Zealand that you've been involved in uh, the, the fluoridation uh, proposals and um, uh, legislation for quite a while, particularly in Ashburton. Is that correct? Correct. Um, so... Uh, just to bring some people up to speed, or if anybody isn't familiar, you know, what, what fluoridation is, um, in a nutshell, what, what is that? Well, fluoridation is the artificial addition of a fluoride salt, usually um, sodium hexafluoride, I think, uh, to bring the fluoride content of water up to what the Department of Health considers optimum. There is already a very small amount of natural fluoride in water, but it's very minimal. Yes. And the the purpose of this is ostensibly to uh, reduce cavities. Is that correct? That's entirely the subject. That's the entire uh, purpose of it. Of the reason for putting it in. Right. Um, and as some people who have followed the topic at all know that it, it can and has been a, a contentious subject uh, with people pro and con on both sides of it. Um, so my involvement um, has been more recent than yours, Don. Um, but in being a personal trainer in the fitness industry, uh, about 20 years ago, I started to look at it because I would naturally get questions from people about, um, you know, health, diet, um, you know, healthy intake and those things. And the more I started to look at the actual science, the more I became convinced that it's not really a healthy thing to do. And um, the, the science that is um, referred to for supporting fluoridation um, seems increasingly weak from what I've seen. Um, Don, tell me a little bit about, uh, I guess, your sort of bona fide, your, your, a little your backstory and how you became involved. Well, I, I, I've always been um, a, 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 what I might call a natural person. Yes. I, I like to live naturally. I don't even eat meat. Okay. Um, and I've been a, an explorer of our mountains for many decades. 
and it just didn't seem right to bring in something artificial when, in my philosophy, nature provides. Mm-hmm. And I really felt we're messing with nature. So I began to explore the science, and I was horrified. The The science, to me, did not support fluoridation. It was purely a promotion by dentists. Yeah. Well, and uh, in my research, I've what was really shocked me was the source of fluoride. As you said, it's artificial. It's it's added um, from artificial sources. And uh, from my research, the primary source um, in New Zealand and, and many other countries that do fluoridate is from the phosphate fertilizer industry. So it's a, a waste product or a byproduct of phosphate fertilizer production. Is that right? That, that's correct. And I, I mentioned there is a low amount of natural fluoride, but that's sodium fluoride. Right, which and, is and different. it doesn't dissolve the same as the sodium hexafluoride. That's why they use it, because it dissolves better. Right. It's uh, hydrofluorosilicic acid. That's another is, one. Is, the, yes. uh, is one of the primary forms, I, I understand. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, intuitively, it's, well, it's, you're adding a chemical, but, um, you know, is it safe? Um, but aside from, you know, the, the safety issues, there's the medical issue as well. Uh, maybe you could speak to this um, because you've, you've litigated or you've argued this in Ashburton. Is that correct? I, I haven't litigated in the sense of going to court, but I've certainly right. argued. Um, At councils. And... Yeah. The, the, the criti- one of the critical things is toxicity and, and the pro-fluoridation pro- dentists and health department would say, look, you'd have to drink a 1,000 glasses of water for this weak um, amount of fluoride to have any effect on you. You wouldn't drop down dead. And, of course, they're correct, but they are misleading people on the difference between acute toxicity and long-term toxicity. The uh, toxicity of fluoride will have an effect on people over 30, 40, 50 years. Yes. Um, And... um if I could quote from an article in the Te Oumutu Courier uh, from 2014 on May 22nd, um, the article quoted, Hydrofluorosilicic acid is a waste product of the phosphate fertilizer industry. Two highly toxic gases, hydrogen fluoride and silicon tetrafluoride, are captured by wet scrubbers in the refining process. Hydrofluorosilicic acid is a class six toxic waste product. Under law, it cannot be dumped into the sea the rivers, or the ground. Uh, it costs thousands of dollars to dispose of. Producers of hydrofluorosilicic acid solve this problem by selling it to councils around the country to add to their drinking water, end quote. The Environmental Protection Association of, um, and no, no, sorry, I think it was the Health Department in America yes. said that It's a wonderful answer. It solves two purposes. It gets rid of a a waste product and helps people's teeth. Right. Um, Speaking of which, uh, I also had a quote from the former vice president and senior chemist at the United States Environmental Protection Agency, uh, Dr. William Hersey, used to work there, and he had this to say about it, quote, If this stuff gets out into the air, it's a pollutant. If it gets into the river, it's a pollutant. If it gets into the lake, it's a pollutant. But if it goes straight into your drinking water system, it's not a pollutant. That's amazing, 
end quote. Would you agree? Yes. To add to that, the Environmental Protection Association of Canada will not allow a fluoride concentration in their lakes and rivers. That's against the law, mind you, it happens. Yep. At much, much less than what we drink. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> because it affects fish. Right, but, right. But humans are less important than fish. Apparently. <laughs> well, it's, yes, um, really interesting. But if you just look at the the science, there is, there is a lot to support or at least to call into question uh, the practice. Um, one of the other things is that's called into question is the efficacy of um, fluoridation, whether it does what it's proposed to do. Um, I had another quote from uh, an article in Newsweek magazine, article by Douglas Main. This was from uh, June of 2015. And they found that, quote, the Cochrane Collaboration, a group of doctors and researchers known for their comprehensive reviews, are widely regarded as the gold standard of scientific rigor in assessing effectiveness of public health policies. Recently set out to find out if fluoridation reduces cavities. They reviewed every study done on fluoridation that they could find and then winnowed down the collection to only the most comprehensive, well-designed, and reliable papers. Then they analyzed these studies' results and published their conclusion in a review uh, later that month. The review identified only three studies since 1975 of sufficient quality to be included that addressed the effectiveness of fluoridation on tooth decay in the population at large. These papers determined that fluoridation does not reduce cavities to a statistically significant degree in permanent teeth, says study co-author Anne-Marie Glenny, a health science researcher at Manchester University in the United Kingdom. The authors found only seven other studies worthy of inclusion dating prior to 1975. The authors also found only two studies since 1975 that looked at the effectiveness of reducing cavities in baby teeth and found fluoridation to have no statistically significant impact here either, end quote. I, I always prefer to talk about permanent teeth, um, the statistics here do show a delay in cavities in five-year-olds, but everybody turns 12-year-old, mm -hmm. and at 12-year-old, there's really no difference. In cross-use, there's no difference. But, uh, that is in Canterbury as, uh, as a whole. But look, I, I'd like to talk about why Myra eats anywhere in cross-use. Yes, I would too, as because uh, this is news to me, and uh, we'll do that in just a moment. If you're just tuning in, this is John Bird on Liberty Now On Air, 96.9 Plains FM in Christchurch. Please be sure to subscribe at iTunes on Liberty Now On Air, and you can get the links, files, and show notes for this episode at libertynow.com. Okay, welcome back to the discussion on uh, the future of fluoridation in Christchurch here in New Zealand. And I've got a guest with me, Don Church, who's been studying and following this uh, subject for quite a while. And he wanted to share with us the story about um, the Waimiri story. Can you tell us more about that, Don? Right. Well, Waimiri is quite a major district in Christchurch. Um, the the so-called Waimiri, at the time it went into fluoridation, and I better explain that, 
1965, the residents of Waimari were promised a 90% reduction in tooth decay if they fluoridated. So they did in 1965. Oh. Now, at that time, Waimari had a population of about 70,000 people. Mm-hmm. Now it's over 80,000. But after 21 years of fluoridation, the people of Waimari had to force to get the statistics of benefit, and they found nothing had changed. The dental decay figures for 12-year-olds before and after fluoridation, after 21 years, were the same. No difference. No difference. It was 0.72 of a tooth of DMFT. DMFT means decayed, missing, filled teeth. Yes. And today in Christchurch as a whole, guess what? It's still that. 0.72. So the, right, um, and I'm I'm hearing this being sold um, so that we have um, consistent fluoridation. There's there's a new proposed uh, change in uh, the law in how uh, fluoridation is going to be applied. Can you talk about that, the recent decision? There is a proposal that the Director Director General of Health take over the decision, take it away from the local territorial councils, and so the Director General of Health will make the decision in each area. But of course, that's that's fluoridation by default, because the health department, for years, right since it began, and they've never changed, is Mm -hmm. pro-fluoridation. They ignore everything that says to the contrary. Mm -hmm. So... It's fluoridation by stealth. By stealth, yes. It's a total removal of democracy, at least with the territorial authorities, and I must admit the councillors hated making this decision because it was always a motive, but at least they looked after their community and they would take a referendum. Yeah, and to that point, I think when it is brought to the people, when they're made aware of the entirety of of the subject and, and what's involved, they tend to be against it once once they know. And I, I think the councils or the decision makers may realize that. Uh, case in point, in Ashburton, there was a 2007 referendum put to the residents there regarding fluoridation. Uh, the result was that 64% of the voters turned out for the referendum and 55% of those voted against fluoridation. Uh, then Mayor Bede O'Malley stated, quote, a 55 to 45 result is a clear indication of the way people feel, end quote. That's correct. So I think when people are made aware of it and allowed to be a part of the decision-making process um, about what is in the water that they consume, um, they well should be allowed to be part of that decision. I think you're right. It's that's part of uh, democratic society. And um, what... So has there been any change in the fluoridation in uh, Waimari? Fluoridation stopped in Waimari after 21 years. That's uh, 1986, which isn't that long ago in my my terms. And there's been no change since. Now now Waimari just is the same as the rest of Christchurch. And Christchurch is not fluoridated. In fact, nowhere in Canterbury as a whole 
suffers from fluoridation other than the town of Methven and Burnham Military Camp. Right. And so this new decision is to try to apply fluoridation to all of New Zealand, countrywide, is that that right, without any say of the people? That's right. Yeah. So um, I think it is worthy of um, people's attention, um, especially when we start to look at some of the um, evidence that that fluoride is a neurotoxin, right? Um, In fact, I think I have another quote here regarding that. Um, So there was a 2012 Harvard-funded meta-analysis. You may be familiar. You've probably heard about this study, Don. Yeah. Um, They found that children drinking fluoridated water tested an average of seven IQ points lower in 26 out of 27 studies. Uh, This was reinforced in 2020 by an NIH-funded study in Canada that found that babies fed formula mixed with fluoridated water suffered a reduction of 4.4 IQ points for every additional 0.5 milligrams per liter of fluoride concentration in water. And when extrapolated to typical New Zealand concentration of 0.85 parts per million, is that what you understand about 0.85? But 0.85, but not, not everywhere. In Ashburton, I believe it's 0.7. 0.7, okay. So at those concentrations, um, at 0.85, it represents a seven-point IQ loss. As of February 21, 2021, a total of 76 studies have investigated the relationship between fluoride and human intelligence. Of those investigations, 68 studies have found that elevated fluoride exposure is associated with reduced IQ in humans, while over 60 animal studies have found that fluoride exposure impairs learning and or memory capacity in animals. And the human studies, which are based on IQ examinations of 25,190 children, that's 66 studies, and 245 adults over two studies, provide compelling evidence that fluoride exposure during early years of life can damage a child's developing brain. Um, I'll quote one more abstract from the Environmental Health Journal, article number 110 in 2019. Quote, three recent prospective studies from Mexico and Canada with individual exposure data showed that early life exposures were negatively associated with children's performance on cognitive tests. Neurotoxicity appeared to be dose-dependent, and tentative benchmark dose calculations suggest that safe exposures are likely to be below current accepted or recommended fluoride concentrations in drinking water, end quote. Good. Yeah. Um, so that's just one aspect of the neurotoxicity of uh, fluoride uh, over long-term exposure. Um, what, what others might people want to learn about? There, there are many other aspects which uh, I don't think you've got time to go into them now, and they okay. are all disputed, of course, by the pro-fluoridationists. Right. I, I think I'd concentrate on the neurological one because that's totally irreversible. Right. A, a child loses IQ for the rest of their life, which means there'll be more intellectually impaired children at one side and less geniuses at the other. Right. But the, the, the other important difference to discuss, which is on a different track, is does it work? Right, right. 
But it's looking more and more like the studies don't very well support that. Um, and you've, as you very clearly illustrated with the Waimari project, if you can call it that. Um, but there's also, you know, just the the fact of, of uh, informed consent, right? Um, with regard to that, uh, I would like to cite from an NIH abstract, if we have time, to um, from PubMed.gov by the authors um, Douglas W. Cross and Robert J. Carton, quote, Silica fluorides widely used in fluoridation are unlicensed medicinal substances administered to large populations without informed consent or supervision by a qualified medical practitioner. Fluoridation fails the test of reliability and specificity and lacking, lacking toxicity testing of silica fluorides constitutes unlawful medical research. It is banned in most of Europe. European Union human rights legislation makes it illegal. Silica fluorides have never been submitted to the US FDA for approval as medicines. And the ethical validity of fluoridation policy does not stand up to scrutiny relative to the Nuremberg Code and other codes of med medical ethics, including the Council of Europe's Biomedical Convention of 1999." End quote. And um, I don't know if you've seen this argument before, Don, but um, is it true that um, fluoride is being, when it's um, being proposed, it is given at a recommended safe dosage level, right, in parts per million. They yes. say this is the maximum safe. So isn't that tacitly implying that um, they understand that it's toxic? If there's a maximum safe dosage, That's they're right. not telling us it's this many parts per million for maximum efficacy in, in preventing tooth decay. It's, it's this toxicity level for um, maximum safe Well, well, well it, it's both. How they came to the concentration of fluoridation was the other effect is they get mottled teeth they get right. mottled white patches on their teeth and they're trying to bring it down the concentration to a level to minimize that it doesn't entirely stop it but it does minimize it at 0.7 right it has a um, sort of a, a a deforming effect on the bones too as well as yes, the you, teeth is that right you can't say that the teeth are the in isolation from the bones and the rest of your body. If it affects one tissue, it must be affecting others. Correct, correct. Um, Don, what is, what's the most important thing that you're focusing on right now as we wrap up here? The move towards compulsion of fluoridation, because no matter how this is dressed up, it is really fluoridation by default. Right. A loss of democracy. If people want to take participate in fluoride there are fluoride pills available right they've got a choice but if they fluoridate all the water su water supplies there is no choice i know they'll say you can buy a water filter but to most people that's, that's kind of backwards <laughs> that's an expense they can't afford right right well it should be if if somebody's you know in danger of tooth decay you know for whatever reason maybe they should be getting a prescription mm. if they believe that it's safe. Um, how can people best support you or reach you, Don? Well, they don't need to reach me. They really need to, to support. They really need to become a member of Fluoride Free New Zealand. Fluoride Free New Zealand. And that's got a, its own website and they can donate to that. Okay. And 
it's all by volunteers. Nobody gets paid, and, and they need the donations to pay their costs. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Don. And it's uh, the website is founded here. It's fluoridefree.org.nz. So any of you out there listening to this, if you'd like to find out more information about what's really involved with fluoridation in the water and the other issues of uh, potential neurotoxicity and uh, just freedom of choice, uh, go to fluoridefree.org.nz. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, again, this is John Bird at Liberty Now on air, 96.9 Plains FM in Christchurch. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes at Liberty Now on air. You can also get the links, files, and show notes for this episode at libertynow.com. Until next time, be good and keep asking questions. Mm -hmm.